Welcome back to our Hope Anthem podcast. We are so excited to share five brand new episodes with you today from our Young Communicators Weekend. Every year, Pastor Jared spends countless hours developing and training up young communicators in our church. We don't use the term young communicator to necessarily reference these speakers being young in age, but rather being young in their stage of communicating God's word. We are all about equipping, empowering, and encouraging the next generation of communicators in our church. This episode is brought to you by Kalen Bones. Check it out. Well, before I get into my message, I just wanted to take a few minutes to introduce myself, tell you guys how I got here today. So as many had said, I've been interning here since January, and it has just been a crazy six months here. Um, I've gotten to meet some awesome, awesome people. I've gotten to learn so many things just about how the church works behind the scenes. Um, I've learned a lot about media, and now I get to be here today, which is super exciting. Um, so last month, I actually left the United States for two weeks, and I traveled to Albania, Europe for a missions trip, which was super cool. Um, I got to experience some amazing things. And then when I got back, I headed to Wichita a few days later for Wheat State Camp, and middle school girls went. It was so much fun, and it was super cool to just experience that with them. And then starting next week, I'm going to be stepping into the role as the office administrative assistant here at our Ottawa campus. So I am super pumped for that, and God is going to do crazy good things. And then lastly, this fall, I'm going back to school. So I'm going to be finishing up my sophomore year of college at SAGU. If you've never heard of SAGU, it's Southwestern Assemblies of God University. And I've just felt that God is leading me to pursue a degree in ministry. So I'm going to be studying church leadership, and then I'm going to see where God takes me after that. But I'm so excited. Pastor Jared and I actually had a meeting a few months ago. And when we talked about Young Communicators Weekend, I was like, yes, let's do it. Super excited, but I've just been praying over today. Um, I've been praying every single day that God would just speak through me, and I believe that He's going to do that today. I know that each and every one of you in here are going to hear something different from Him, and I'm so excited for what He has to say. So today, we're going to get started talking about this idea of love. Um, It's very basic, but I think that sometimes it's good to just step back and really look at things from a grander scheme. We tend to get caught up in the little things and we forget that there is this great love for us. And when we're walking through things in our life and we forget how much God loves us, we forget how easy it is to get out of those things. You're gonna struggle, but God wants to carry that for you. And today I wanna uncover that for us. So I'm going to start with a list of things we love because I was nervous today. I'm like, you know what? Let's go ahead. Let's talk about things we love. First of all, food. I love food so much. So as I mentioned, I got to go to Albania, and the food there is just completely different. Like, it's fresh. They bring it out really fast. And I honestly really miss it because it was some pretty good food. They also have this drink, and it's called Fanta Exotic. And I swear, like, I came home and I told my parents, I'm like, Jesus made this drink when he was on the earth because it is so good. So I love my food. I'm sure a lot of you in here love food as well. Next, 
coffee and caffeine. Um, if I've never met you, or if you've only seen me around here, you've probably seen me with a bang energy drink in my hand. It's like part of my personality at this point. I always have caffeine with me. And like during the week, if I wake up, I'm like, I wanna have a chill morning. I'll make myself a cup of coffee. I'll read my Bible. Like I live off of caffeine. I love it. It's fantastic. Next, TV shows. Okay, so I told my parents, I'm gonna throw them under the bus a little bit here, but I don't like TV, like I just don't watch it. But my parents, on the other hand, watch TV all the time. So like, I'm pretty young, I can stay up pretty late, right? And so it'll be like 12.30 in the morning, I'm going to get a snack or something, and my parents are in our living room watching Netflix. I'm like, you guys have work in the morning, what are you doing? And then I'll text them the next morning, or I'll see my mom the next morning, and she's like, yeah, we stayed up until 1.30 binging Netflix, and I'm like, oh my word, like, you guys should be in bed. But they will literally finish Netflix, I love you guys so much, <laughs> but they'll finish a Netflix series in two weeks, and I'm like, it takes me two weeks to finish a show, are you kidding me? But they love their TV. Next, vacation. I was talking to my dad last night, and we were talking about how we would just love to be on, be on vacation. Like, be on the beach, be in the mountains, just not having responsibilities for a week. Fantastic. This last week, I just stayed home. I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. Life was great. I love vacation. I wish I could have vacation all the time. <laughs> Next, sleep. Okay, so... Again, if you know me, you know this about me. If you don't know me, you're gonna know now. Um, sometimes if I have a day off, I'll wake up early in the morning just so I can take a nap later in the day because there's just something about laying in bed that makes me happy. Like, I, it's just, I love it. Life is good when I'm in bed, so I love my sleep. And then lastly, people. So I say this phrase all the time, I say, I love that for you. Someone could have just told me, like, they got the worst, like, worst news ever. And I would look at them and be like, I love that for you. Like, where does that even come from? But I just say it all the time because I say that I love things all the time. And so I went over this list for fun, but also I wanted to bring out a point through this. We say we love things all the time. We talk about how we love food, we love caffeine, TV shows, vacation, sleep, people. So we say we love things all the time, and that's perfectly fine. I do that all the time. But then we forget that there's a perfect love for us. And so then you're walking through darkness in your life, and you forget to turn to the perfect love because it's become so normal to just say we love all these things. So today I want to help us revisit who God actually is and what his love actually looks like for us because I promise you that when you remember that, you're going to find so much freedom. You're going to find that the things that you're walking through become easier to walk through because he wants to carry them for you because he loves you that much. So I'm going to start with this banner scripture today. I'm literally just going to read this, and then we'll revisit it later. But it says, you know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. So God knows all things. We're going to talk about that later. But now we're going to dive into this story of David. I'm going to go through scripture pretty rapidly, but I'm going to recap it and tie it all together at the end. It says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
So right here, what is happening is Samuel is looking at Jesse's sons, and he's looking for this big, strong warrior, someone that looks like he could win a lot of battles. But we're already seeing God's love through this because he's saying, don't look at the outward appearance, look at the heart. So we're going to see how David's already finding favor from the Lord just through this. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimea, but Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. And Samuel asked, are these all the sons that you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once. We're not going to sit down and eat until he arrives. So this is crazy because back then, this is just a low-life job, a job that nobody wants. David working in the field with the sheep, like he doesn't think he's going to become a warrior, but God is already looking at him and saying, I love you. We're going to do this. You're going to become great. So when he came, the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there, stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. So this is the start of David's life. And I think it's so cool to understand how much God loves him through this. But I think it's even better to realize that the same God that's here is the same God that's in this room today and the same God working in your life. You may think that you're not bound to anything greater than you're at right now. You may think that there is no hope in the problems that you're going through. But the thing is, God loves you. You don't have to be this big celebrity. You don't have to look like you're going to be the one to do it. He just loves you that much. And even better, each and every one of us in here today has an anointing on our lives. But it's up to us to step into that anointing and to say yes to God. So I want to talk about a few things that David did in his life. Um, it's just going to be two really quick things, but I want to speak about it just to show how successful he was. So first of all, David versus Goliath. Um, so if you guys know Josh Diambalvo, if you don't, he's really tall. He has a really long beard and he walks around with jorts a lot of the time here. Um, Josh is like Goliath and I'm like David. If I tried to punch Josh, he could like look at me and flick me and I would probably fall. That's David versus Goliath. David was not likely to win this. Um, Goliath was nine feet tall. He was in front of the Philistine army and David throws a stone at him. Goliath falls on his face and he dies. It's over like that. So he's already won a big battle. Now at this point, people are like, okay, this David guy's legit. Like there's something about him. And so people are paying attention and King Saul's getting a little angry about that. He bases his identity off of being king, and so he's like, uh-oh, someone's threatening my spot. I'm going to go try to kill him. So Saul sets out to try to kill David several times, but every single time he tries to kill David, David lives. And that's so cool just to see all the stories line out, but God still loves David so much that he's protecting him continually. Now David becomes king. He is the most well-known warrior in the Middle East. He is very successful, but he's still not satisfied. I want to take a look at what he does. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. 
From the roof, you saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. This is so crazy. David's super successful, but he's still not satisfied, and this is where he ends up. And even further after this, he has her husband killed. Like, could you imagine that? That's crazy. But the thing is, is that we do stuff like this all the time. We may not do it to that extent. I would hope that a lot of us in here are not doing it to that extent because that's crazy. But we become unsatisfied with the things in our life. You're fed up with things, and so then you turn around and you talk bad about other people because you think that that's going to help you. You're looking to the world. You're super stressed out. Everything in your life is crazy. And so you run to the one thing of the world that's going to take off just a little bit of that stress. We, we do stuff like this all the time. This may be crazy, but seriously, David and us are very similar. So David experiences a downfall after this, but I want to take a look at this scripture of where David ends up. It's so cool. The Lord lives. Praise to my rock. May God, the rock of my salvation, be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He brings down the nations under me and delivers me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and all his descendants forever. So David is pulled back up. God's love for him is still there. But through all of David's life story, when he's rising, when he's at his peak, when he's in his valley, this scripture, this banner scripture stands out so big. You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. God's all-knowing. The thing is, is that he knew everything David was going to do before he did it, but that didn't make him love David any less. That when David was being successful, that's because of God's love. God already knew that he was going to sleep with Bathsheba and get her pregnant and then have her husband killed, but he still loved him so much that he was with him through everything. And the same is for each and every one of us in here today. You may be messing up. You may be doing things that you know aren't good for you. You may be struggling a lot. But God already knows. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you so incredibly much. And that's just so beautiful. These points say it perfectly. God already knows everything about you. But even knowing everything, his love is perfect and he loves you perfectly. So I want to uncover today this love, this perfect love, because I promise you that whatever you're walking through, you need God's love. You need it with you the entire time to help you through it. And we're going to find out how to do that today. First, chase the relationship, not religion. This is so cliche. I hear this all the time. Like when I'm scrolling on Instagram, I'll see stuff that says this. But that's one thing. You have to live that. I heard something a while back, and someone had told me, God doesn't need you. And in that moment, I was like, what are you talking about? I was offended. I'm like, God does need me. Like, what on earth? But then I started praying about it, and I'm like, God, what do they mean? Like, what do they mean by that? You need me, right? 
But he was like, I don't, and that's a privilege, because I want you. I don't need you, but I want a relationship with you. The God who sent his son to die for each and every one of us in here today wants a relationship with you, and that's such a privilege. We shouldn't run from that. We shouldn't chase this idea of religion because that's not going to get us anywhere. Religion is not going to help you find freedom. You can go to church every single Sunday. You can read your Bible every day at a certain time. You should be doing all those things. Don't get me wrong. They're amazing. But until you focus on relationship, you don't understand God's love. You don't understand freedom. You're being held captive to the definition of a religion. Jesus didn't die for Christianity. He died for you and I so he could have a relationship with us. And we have to chase that. God had spoken to me a few months back, and he was like, you could read a biography about a celebrity. People in here know all these different things about celebrities, you know, when they wake up in the morning, when they go to bed, who they hang out with, what they like to do, the foods they like to eat. You know all the drama going on in their life. That's great, but you don't actually know who they are. This same thing goes for God. You can read a Bible all you want. You should be reading the Bible, but... Until you're spending time with Jesus, you don't know his character and you don't know who he actually is. And that makes it so hard to experience his love, but that makes it hard to love other people. I feel like this last week with everything that just on social media we've been walking through, we're missing on that relationship because we don't know how to love other people when things don't go our way. We don't know who to look to when things don't go our way. So we should be chasing a relationship and not a religion. I want to look at this verse from Philippians, and it says, I want, to know in, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing his death. This scripture is so powerful because Paul wrote it. And if you don't know anything about Paul, he was persecuting Christians, and then he was blinded, and then this man named Ananias came to heal him. And at that moment, he's like, God is real. I want a relationship with God. So this man who is persecuting Christians wrote this verse, but he wrote this verse because he spent time with God. He didn't spend time going to a service every week. He went off by himself. He prayed, he fasted, and he listened to what God had to say. There's this idea, um, Brie Walters actually told us at Chi Alpha about this two-chair idea. It was crazy. I had never heard it before. But it's this idea that you sit in a chair, and then you have an empty chair in front of you. And so you talk for two minutes. You let God speak for two minutes. You just listen. I think we have this idea that because we can't see him, he's not there. But that helps you understand that he's right there. He's listening to you all the time, but you have to listen to him. And the relationships in your life you don't get better relationships by continually talking and never listening. You get good relationships by talking, but listening to what the other person has to say. And the same thing goes for God. My next application point today is be authentic. This one is such a big deal, seriously. Um, Jesse had talked about this in his sermon in first service, and I think that it's just crazy um, how often we have this idea that we can't be authentic with God. Like, he's big and he's almighty, and so then we're afraid to be real with him. We're afraid to tell him how we feel. But you have to tell him how you feel. The good, the bad, and the ugly emotions. 
for me, I want to be transparent for just a minute and show you guys how I have been authentic with God. Sometimes I'll literally just sit there and I'll pray, God, I need you. I'm, I'm so mad right now. I know this isn't your fault, but I'm mad. I'm upset. I don't understand why this is happening. And the entire time, God is not looking at me and he's like, get over it. That's not what he's thinking. Instead, he's saying, I want to pick that up for you and I want to carry that for you. But further than that, I want to walk with you so you're never alone. And I want to direct you in a right path. I want to direct you in a way that's bigger than yourself, that's better than yourself, a way that you're going to find joy. That's what God wants to do. When you're authentic with him, he's not looking at you and he's not getting mad at you because you're saying you're mad. He knows. The thing is, is that when Jesus was on this earth, he felt the emotions that we feel. And because he was on this earth, now when we pray, he understands that. Nothing is too big for him. Um, the other day, I was just praying, and God spoke to me big. I was starting to get really frustrated and just upset, but God was like, why? Like, just be honest with me, because the moment we, we refuse to be honest with God is the moment we're letting the enemy win, but that's honestly just dumb on our part, because when Jesus died, he already won the battle. Why are you making more work for yourself? Why are you making it so you have to do more, so you have to struggle more? Jesus already won that battle. Tell him. Don't open the door for the enemy to walk in your life. Break down in tears. Scream in the car if you have to. Whatever it is, be authentic with God because he wants you to be. You are not going to get a good relationship with someone until you're telling them how you actually feel. If you're hiding those feelings, if you have a front in front of you, nothing is going to grow from that. You're going to stay in the same spot. I want to look at these scriptures, and this is showing how to be authentic. Well, first, the scripture says, Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. Really fast, I want to touch on this. We have this idea I've had this idea several times that when we pray and then something doesn't go our way, we think it's punishment, but it's not. We have to understand that God has a way that's so much bigger and better. And even when we don't understand, even when we're feeling all of the emotions, it's not punishment. It's a good thing that stuff doesn't go our way. If stuff went the way that we wanted it to all the time, none of us would be here today we would probably all be in jail because I've wanted to kill people a few times and if that went my way, I wouldn't be here today. But seriously, it's not punishment. It's really not. Here are a list of scriptures. I pulled most of these out of Psalms because David wrote them. So the David that we were talking about earlier, the David that was anointed by God and then he rose up, he defeated Goliath. He lived even though Saul was trying to kill him. And then he slept with Bathsheba and got her pregnant and experienced a downfall. And then God brought him back. The same David that experienced all of that wrote all of these scriptures about how God needed to help him, like how he needed God in his life. It talks about the ugly emotions that he experienced, how he was tired, how he was worn out how he needed God to help him because his enemies were after him. All of these scriptures talk about that. And if scripture tells us that, 
then we should do it too. If David was authentic with God, we should do that too. Lastly, make your prayer specific and expect God to move in your life. This was super crazy. As I was listening to Jesse preach last service, he touched on this exact point. And that's so cool to see God speaking to multiple people about this. We have this idea that because God is almighty, that he knows all things, that he always knows better than us, because he is all of those things, we think that we can't expect stuff from him. I've thought that several times in my life. I've thought I can't expect God to move because like he's just, he's already going to, but I was already setting an expectation when I was doing that. I want you to think about the expectations in your life today. I know my parents expect me to do stuff when they ask me to do it. And I have a good relationship with my parents. And so if I'm feeling something, I expect my parents to listen to what I'm feeling. And I expect there to be a conversation. Those are expectations we just have for each other. Um, I work for Pastor Jared. He expects me to do my job. He expects me to come in here um, and love on people. That's a healthy expectation for him to have. Your boss has expectations for you. You have expectations for other people. You can have expectations for God. He's your friend. He wants a relationship with you. It's okay to say, God, I expect you to move. I expect your will to be done. I expect you to walk with me through this because he's already said he's gonna do that. Once you start expecting things from him, he's going to move. You're going to see movement in your life. You're going to see the heavy things get lighter. This scripture from Psalms, again, David wrote this. It says, oh Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help. My King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. He's waiting and he's expecting. So why aren't we waiting? Why aren't we expecting? He is. I am praying to you because I know you'll answer, oh God, bend down and listen as I pray. Again, there's that expectation. He knows he's gonna answer. He knows he's gonna listen. Expect God to listen. Expect him to answer your prayers because nothing that you're walking through today is too big for him. He knew about it before you knew about it. And he loves you so much that he wants to carry that for you. This last scripture that I wanna look at today says, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. This, this did it for me. When I was writing my sermon, I was like, this is how I need to end it because that's how we should look at God. We should look to him as our light when everything is going crazy. I was in my bed, um, I had just been praying. I'm like, God, give me inspiration. And all of a sudden a moth flew at my phone and I was just like scrolling through social media and I was getting really annoyed because I hate moths. They freak me out, they get stuck in my hair. I was trying to get it away. Like I didn't want it near me. And so I would like hit it, it would go away for a little bit, but then it would come right back. And then I'd hit it again and it would go away and then it would come right back. And I was annoyed, but God was like, Kaylin, you should be like that. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't wanna be annoying like that. But he was like, you should run to me as your light when you're in darkness. That moth's running to me and it's flying to me because it's the only light in the room. 
when you're walking through darkness, what light are you looking to? Because if you're looking to the world, if you're looking to satisfaction in the world, if you're talking bad about people when you get stressed out, if you're going to drugs, if you're going to alcohol, that's not it. That is not going to help you find freedom. Those lights are going to burn out, but this light doesn't. That's what we should be looking to when everything in our life is completely crazy. When you are struggling with sickness, when you are so stressed out, when you don't wanna get out of bed in the morning, when you don't wanna go to work, when hanging out with people gets hard, when you're walking through all that, look to Him. It's that easy. Just literally pray the prayer, God, I need you. I don't even know what I need from you. I need you. I'm not feeling it today. I'm mad, I'm upset, just help me. Just move in my life and He's going to do that. He's gonna be that light for you today and there's so much hope in that. So I wanna pray for you guys today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity today. God, I thank you that in the midst of craziness, you are there. God, your love wants to help me through whatever I'm walking through today. God, I pray for every person in here. God, I pray that no matter what they're walking through, God, I pray through sickness, through stress, through depression, through anxiety, God, I pray that today they would turn to you. God, that they would see your light, that they would see your love. God, that they would know nothing is too big for you. God, I pray that whoever in here feels like they can't be real with you, that they can't be authentic with you. God, I pray that those lies would just be completely broken down today. God, I pray that they would understand who you are, the love that you have for people, the love that you have for them. God, I pray that the people in here who don't know where they're supposed to go, who don't know what their calling is, that don't know what their anointing is, God, I pray that today you would speak that to them, that they would not be bound to the things of their life right now, God, that they would see something greater for themselves. God, we love you so much. We know that nothing is too big for you. We know that you are walking with us through everything. We thank you for wanting to carry everything for us, God. You are so big. You are so mighty, God. You are so much greater than anything we are walking through. And today, I pray that we would not walk out of these doors the same that we came in, God. I pray that our lives would literally be transformed. You have something bigger for us. You have something greater for us in here today. And we love you and we thank you for that. And we praise you. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Hope Anthem Weekend Messages here on Spotify. We exist to bring an anthem of hope to our community, and we do that by being a church anyone can come to. Be sure to follow us here on Spotify and turn on notifications so you never miss a new podcast episode. We love you. See you next week.